<laughs> All right, Sonato and LZ, Scotty Cap hanging out with us today. Happy to have him aboard. Now, I will say this, Cap, is that the one thing I've noticed is that since Bronstein is here, things are done more thoroughly. Um, you know, I love Greg. I've known Greg since he was literally an infant in this business, okay? His first job was to be my producer back on back in the day at Fox Sports Radio in like 2006 or seven. Um, so... You know, I, I've known the kid for a really long time. He's a great kid. Um, one thing he's bad at is details. Uh, you know, and uh, so one thing Brawny is great at is details. So Chris Morales has this open with so many details in it. And it's just, you know, it's astonishing to me to be able to have that kind of elaborate open. Um, so I want to congratulate Adam Bronstein, but I've almost over overwhelmed yeah, uh, by I, all the details. I loved it last week or was it a couple weeks ago? when we were talking about our man Bergman and you had uh, told the story that the social media team at 710 said, George, can you please send us a video mm -hmm. of you promoting the show? So you're right. sitting there in your den and you got these cool pictures behind you and the lighting is good and you've done your hair. You got on your, your Sedano and LZ t-shirt. I mean, you're really making it a production here. You put right. some effort into this right. thing right. Right. and right. then you send the video to Bergman and then it never airs on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram stories. Yep. It never goes anywhere. And then you said, oh, I forgot. And Bergman says, I, I, I just, I forgot. Yeah. What do you mean you forgot? You can't forget. This is important stuff here. Yeah. You know, that's like when I hear a coach talking about time management during a game, like I got distracted. It's like distracted. Yeah. You're the coach. You got the headset on. You're the decision maker. Who yeah. got distracted? Uh-huh. And, and here's the funny thing. Bergman's been tweeting all week. I'm like, dude, if I'm on vacation, I'm not tweeting. Like, just – now, I'm, I'm tweeting if I'm watching, like, a game maybe, but he's just, like, randomly responding to people tweeting to the show. Oh, it's like, bro, stay on vacation. How about his tweeting about UCLA – and the deal that they did with the Jordan brand. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, I, my you know, God. I don't he have made, Bergman on my alerts. He so. made it such a big deal. Like, oh, my goodness, it's such a big deal. This is how it's supposed to be. I'm like, yeah. really? Is it? Is that the way it's supposed to be? You, that, you, that the you, you know what? You know what, Scott? The reality is this. You've been in this business for a long time like me. So, you know what? Uh, what, what PDs, most, not all of them, uh, but uh, because I don't think Amanda's one of these people. Uh, the great Amanda Brown, Boss Betty Pantsuits. Uh, so... You know, but most of them, would you agree most of them are really just guys that want to be on the air like you and me? Mm. And I feel like Bergman, his Twitter is basically just his hot take mechanism. That he can't get them all out on the air because LZ and I got to talk. And, you know, he has his moments. And Laura has, you know, gets her opportunities too. But he doesn't have the full platform. So Twitter is like his platform. That's his move. Yeah, it's his megaphone. That's a, and, and I always like it when he does things like um, take over the 710 Twitter. Oh, don't even get Dodger me started on game. that. We gave him the, the, the Twitter takeover, and then he gave it up on the weekends. It's like you can't, you can't say, I'm going to do it, and then, oh, no, but on Saturday and Sunday, I'm taking off. That's not <laughs> how this works. <laughs> I, I mean, well, this kid needs to go on vacation, and he needs to really, like, unwind a little bit. Like, yeah. Me personally, I don't tight. go on vacation right now. Yeah. I've got this I've got this. I've got this Belichick thing in my head yeah. of no days off, right. no days off. Yeah. And, and in this weird year of COVID, and you and I started talking about this a little bit last night, that you know, you're going to start hitting the road to cover NBA basketball games. Yeah. And as you take off, I'm pulling into your spot to fill in. And it's not like it is in, in other years, George, where it's like, okay, it's December, take two weeks off, go up to Mammoth, spend a little time, ski, yeah. unwind, have a great – no, it's not like that this no, year. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, yeah, there there. I'll have a couple of games, but honestly, I 
I have only taken um I have only taken six shows off since the Super Bowl. Um so to your point, so I took a week off in August, I took a day off in March, and that's really it. So I, I just need honestly they don't, they're not carrying over our vacation days. So <laughs> so I've got a bunch of them. I don't I'm not even going to be able to use them all uh, to be honest before the end of the year. I think I in theory I would still have like two left over, but whatever, it is what it is. Um but yeah, like I so I'm just doing it just to like I don't know, do nothing, right? Yeah. I, look, here's what I what I would what I'll probably do. And this is going to sound silly, but I never get to play video games anymore. Because I have a life, right? I have, uh, I have a job that I do multiple things uh, for, right? And I've got two little kids and a wife, so there's a lot going on uh, on the daily. And I try to stay in shape, so there's that too. So what I'm going to do for the two weeks that I'm off is, you know, when I'm not at an NBA game, I'm going to just hang out, watch some TV, catch up on some shows. And play some video games. That's going to be games. the two well, weeks. I only play sports games these days. So mm -hmm. I'm going to play like, you know, NBA 2K. I'll play some Madden. Maybe I'll play some FIFA. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And honestly, the only time I ever play video games is like during vacation time. Uh, when, when I have like staycations, that is. So my son has these, uh, has a couple of different video game consoles here in the house. There's right. a PS4, I think. Right. Yeah. And an Xbox. Right. And I don't even know if there's a distinction between an Xbox and an Xbox 360. I don't know. And and each night you can determine who's whoever is here. He's playing against whoever on whatever device it is. And when I look at the controller, George, it it's not like it was when I was like a little kid. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much going on. I got thumbs. I got yeah, there's I got, double buttons on the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Then yeah. then the index finger on the back yeah. side yeah. of it. It's not easy. It's not yeah. like the Nintendo back in the day where it's just A, B, select and start. Yeah, and the the you know the the thing that moves the you know the, the arrow things no yeah i feel stupid and and old even saying i'm not old listen to me i people say to me all the time like i had a friend of mine say to me today he goes oh i'm just an old man he's 50 years old. Oh, i'm an old man right I go, you're not old what are you talking about but yeah. but when i start complaining and when i'm fetching about the number of buttons on a controller on yeah. in a you video you sound game, old yeah. you sound like an old jerk no like question. my grandmother, I mean, would that never... jerk is jerk is aggressive, but I would just say old. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like my grandmother, that was the kind of thing. Like I'd say to her, I go, Grandma, hey, they got these things now, computers, email. It's awesome. We can communicate these things thing. now. They're called yeah. computers, Grandma. Right, right. She was like, I'm too old to understand this. And I, <laughs> I never want to say that. That is right. one of my biggest fears. Like, honestly, I always say I, I tell my wife this all the time. No matter how old I am, I am going to keep up with technology no matter what. That is the that is going to be my sole focus as I get older in life i think that's a uh, that's a really good thing to do because you know you talk to anybody today and you have this assumption right that they know what you're talking about like yeah. hey have download the app go to the app store download right. the app make sure you install it put right. you know create an account yeah like, people are like what what how wait slow down yeah 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 and, and i think people of a certain age that becomes a, a challenge and i never want to be that guy I am always, I'm always trying to stay up with the latest technology, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm still young in theory, right? At 43 years old, um, so I, I will. That is my pet peeve. Like I will never let me be the guy uh, that we make fun of that says uh, he doesn't know how to use the whatever is the newest technological advancement thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. whereas we but make was, fun of old people. Did um, you have? Let me ask you this quick question yeah. before we hit this. The, your 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 grandparents old school were they old school old school old school? I mean, listen, first generation immigrants. You know what I mean? Like, okay. come on, yeah. So so my grandmother was the kind of person that her entire life, 
mm-hmm. kept kosher her entire life right. and would never, ever, ever, her entire life, never try bacon. Right. Ooh. Never tried ham. Wow. You know, there was no the swine. Like, shrimp. Can't do the swine. Yeah. yeah, right. There was not there was nothing like that. I'd be like, Grandma, listen, you know, you know, if Moses were here today, he'd freaking love bacon because it's awesome. Yeah. You know? Like, give it a try, Grandma. And she was yeah. old school. She was stubborn like that. Yeah. So when it came to technology, forget about it. She wasn't even gonna gonna entertain it. Right. Would your grandparents have? Uh no, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. Even my mom, like she, you know, she has an iPhone, but like she knows how to do very basic things, like call, FaceTime, and and text very little. Mm. You know, that's pretty much it. But mm. you know, she's eighty one years old. You know what I mean? Like, what am I supposed to expect? Like, I feel like that's actually not so bad. You know what I mean? Like the fact that she can do those three things <laughs> still make me feel good. Speaking of old, uh, ish, uh, Pau Gasol, Scott Kaplan, uh, may be headed. Back to the Lakers? At least that's a real possibility. And there's a lot of talk about Anthony Davis and LeBron and what this preseason will look like for them. So Dave McMiniman is going to stop by in about two and a half minutes, and we will chat with him uh, about all that stuff in just a sec. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Don't forget, Santa Key is coming to town. You can pick from our 710 chimney. There's a bunch of stockings on there. There's also some Laker goodies and collectibles that you can choose from. you got to choose one of the stockings above the fireplace. The Keyshawn stocking, the Greeny stocking, the Max stocking, Mason stocking, Ireland, uh, myself, LZ, our buddy Scott Kaplan is in for LZ today. Pick me, and pick me. P- Playoff Sliwa, again, win Laker goodies and collectibles on 710 ESPN, your home of the world champion Lakers, which uh, will get going on Friday right here with the preseason and the man who covers the Lakers better than anyone, uh, works for us here at ESPN, Dave McMiniman, friend of the program. Uh, so, Dave, uh, Pau Gasol, I know that there is the sentiment that maybe, you know, people would want him back. Um, I know the Lakers have 15 guys on their roster right now. Obviously, Mark is also on the roster. What is what is even a – is this even a possibility? Like, what is even the likelihood of a potential Powell-Lakers reunion? I, I'd be reticent to put, like, a percentage on it because uh, you just don't know what can happen. And, obviously, if we start talking about injuries, you know, that's some bad juju to place on the guys already on the roster. But sure, sure, sure. As, as, as it stands, they have – they're hard caps, right? So while you're allowed to have 15 guys on your roster in the NBA, the way the Lakers roster is currently constructed, they can only afford 14. Right. It's not like they can't afford it, like the ownership wouldn't pay more. That They just can't spend more right. to get a 15th guy. But right now, Quinn Cook is on a non-guaranteed contract for the 14th spot. Um, that is not a position that necessarily they're going to be counting on him for big minutes. Although, you know, the backup point guard situation could be interesting if Dennis Schroeder does get the starting role that he wants. But I, I think it will come down to, you know, you get 20, 30 games into this season and you see what your need is. And is that another point guard? Is that another shooter? Is that another big man? 
And then the second question is, if it is a big man that you decide you need the most, is Pau Gasol, all sentiments aside, the best option? So, Dave, is he? I I don't know. He hasn't played in two years. Uh, So, you know, in terms of him being an intelligent person who understands the game, who can perform in big moments when healthy, uh, in terms of someone who obviously represents the Laker brand the right way, in terms of someone who'd be a positive locker room influence, yes, he checks all those boxes uh, completely. But if you need 15 minutes in a game, and when already your you know, potential starting center in Marcus All is 35 years old and had some drop-off in, in last year's playoffs, I think you better be pretty darn sure that whoever you bring in for that role, you know that they can produce. And I don't think anyone right now can you know say with a honest faith that they know Pau Gasol can still produce in the NBA. So is this something that this 14 roster spots versus this 15th spot, is this something that is not going to be resolved here anytime soon? Because it, it just would seem to me that all of this Pau Gasol talk is because there's this thought that he would join the team to start the season. You're saying this is not necessarily what you would call imminent. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's anywhere close to imminent. Um, now, Pau Gasol worked his butt off to get back from this, you know, foot injury that required two surgeries, and he understands the media game. And hey, I'll go talk to Zach Lowe. It's one of the most listened to podcasts in the NBA world, and that will let every single NBA front office person r- recognize where I'm at right now. It's it's a great way to get your message out there, but that doesn't mean that the Lakers would have any urgency uh, to change up their roster to bring him in. But again, like this is something where they have a conduit to what Powell's going through in Mark every day. And one thing that I think Rob Blink has really started to make a name for himself and distinguish himself in terms of what type of front office executioner he is, is he is – in constant con- contact with his players about personnel decisions. And so I imagine if the conversation hasn't already happened, and it probably already has, he will be talking to Mark about Palgasol. Speaking of personnel decisions, and Dave McMiniman with us here, does a phenomenal job covering the Lakers for us, ESPN NBA insider. So those two players that he normally consults with are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. What is – I guess my question will be, how much do you expect to see them, if at all, in the preseason? It's a great question, George. And I, I think it, it should kind of come down to both of those guys, how much they think they're going to need. So LeBron got ahead of it on road trip in with our friends Richard Jefferson and Cheney Cry and Allie Clifton and, and said, hey, like, don't worry about me in the preseason. Like, and, and then Frank Vogel later on joked on a Zoom call with us reporters that, you know, I, I told LeBron that, hey, you might as well retire from practice. Um, basically, that sentiment being that when LeBron decides that his body needs some extra work in a practice or a shoot-around or a preseason game, then everyone in the Lakers organization will allow him to do so. Uh, but year 18, about to turn 36 years old, not necessary whatsoever. And as for Anthony Davis, it's a little bit the opposite. Anthony says, I haven't taken off any drills in training camp so far. I feel good 
but I haven't really played all that much in the six weeks or seven weeks since the season ended with the championship. And so I'm going to rely on the Lakers coaches and trainers and training staff to get my ear and say, Hey, hey like pump the brakes a little bit because we need a slow ramp up. So I, I, I would guess you're going to see more Anthony Davis than LeBron, but still not all that much Anthony Davis in the preseason either. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, Dave, I wouldn't play either of these two guys in the preseason at all, and I would just accept the fact that I'm going to have to use the first maybe 15 games or so to work my team into shape, to work team chemistry, to, uh, to, to get rotations the way they are, to get everybody comfortable and on the same page. I just would not be taking any risks with four games in the preseason, and I especially wouldn't be playing these two guys on Friday and then on Sunday against the Clippers. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, God, like I'm completely with you because here's the deal. Like part of Frank Vogel's job is to manage this season as a new entity, but it's also to very much recognize that we just all were in Orlando for 96 days and 95 nights, not that all not all, not all that long ago. And without disrespecting the NBA schedule or skirting around it or putting our franchise in a position where we're going to get major fines from the league for sitting our guys on nationally televised games to still have our own pace, run your own race, and to recognize that they need to be playing their best ball come May and June and July. Uh, And really, even opening night and Christmas Day, those don't all that matter that much either uh but they matter for the health of the sport and so i imagine obviously you know you'll see those two big guys in the lineup for those games dave McMiniman with us here dave before we let you go what's going to happen with schroeder like you meant you kind of mentioned it earlier like is he going to start like why does he think that he's going to start and what is the likelihood that he starts so i don't know if he thinks he's going to start george or he just is trying to will it into existence. Gotcha. And, the LeVar, you know, the LeVar Ball Caruso. tactic, yes. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, <laughs> I talked to Caruso about this, and Caruso said, like, I think that's a good sign um, because that's how he should be thinking. It shows that he's hungry. It shows that he wants more. It shows that he believes in himself. He's coming off the best season of his career. Uh, but, you know, he had to play behind Chris Paul, a Hall of Famer, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's the future of the OKC franchise, and he's like, hey, like, I look at this roster, and there's some space for me here. I, I think the tough thing for Frank Vogel is I need to kind of make sure that Dennis is happy because he is an impending free agent. So I got to make sure that we are doing things as a team to honor what he's looking for. At the same time, I got to make sure the team is in the best position to succeed, and LeBron James played, you know, quote unquote point guard for the first time in his career last year, led the league in assists, and they won the title. <laughs> so that's kind of a tough thing to say, hey, you know, all that thing that worked so well for you last year, LeBron, we're going to switch that up. Um, so I, I think it's a push and pull. And, you know, Frank said in the preseason last year that you're going to see Rondo start a lot of games at point guard. Um, and obviously that never happened. Right. And we'll, we'll see if, if, that does happen this year um, with some sort of recognition from LeBron that again, like as I try to get myself into shape um, and not push the 
gas pedal too quickly after this short offseason that it could be best for everybody involved to have Schroeder start some games at the point. All right, before we let you go, a former Israeli space security chief has uh, sent eyebrows through the world uh, as he has said he has been in contact with extraterrestrials from a galactic federation and that the president of the United States knows that these unidentified flying objects and these aliens have said not to discuss this because humanity is not ready. So I'm going to ask you this. Um, a, do you believe uh, in uh, that we are not the only uh, beings in the universe? And B, wow, uh, it, in the plot of like the plot of Space Jam, who would be your starting five against these aliens? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's see. So I'm going to do A, B, and C. So A, who does this guy actually think the president is? I'd be curious to know that because depending on who that answer is. He said it was I, President I, I, Trump. I would... That's what he said. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, B, uh, I do believe that there's, you know, what, what's the tagline from um, the, uh, the old Fox show, but the, the truth is out there. There's life out there somewhere. It's yeah. Infinite universe. Yeah. X-Files. So, yeah. Of course. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if we've ever come across uh, uh, that, that life form. Uh, my starting five, obviously you got to go current players. Yeah. Uh, so I go LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, AD, KD. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They're, mm. they're winning. Yeah. Take that, aliens. All right. See what you can do there. All right. Dave McMiniman, uh, not only a master uh, and knows everything about your Los Angeles Lakers, does a phenomenal job covering the NBA for ESPN, but also an excellent GM against the aliens. So, uh, Dave, thank you for your time as always. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Stay safe. Yes, sir. You got it, guys. All right. Believer in life out there, George. Yeah. Believer of uh, – what do you think here? I mean, see, the thing is for me is that if if Trump knew – he couldn't keep it a secret. There's no way. Yeah, that is part of the deal too. That did surprise me a little bit. Although he, you know, he may have tried to cut a deal with a hotel. The aliens on- are a tremendous people. They were great to me. Yeah. Tremendous people. Right. They love me. I love them. It's tremendous. I love. They them. want a Trump hotel. Uh, you know, on their uh, planet. These oh. are three terrible, terrible Trump impersonations right now. Totally. Uh, all right. Coming up next, uh, I will. We will discuss the aliens further. I would love to hear people starting five against the aliens. Uh, what yours compares to Dave's at eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Don't forget Keyshawn stopping by at five o'clock. But coming up next, Jared Goff and the Rams are playing on Thursday night against the Patriots. I'm going to tell you why Jared Goff is made for success in this game. We'll do that in less than two minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yeah, yeah, Sedano and LZ with you here. Scott Kaplan hanging out with us today on 710 ESPN. Thanks to Dave McMiniman for joining us there. I do got some Jared Goff stuff that I want to get to here in a second. But uh, you know what? What rings rings to you, Scott, as like Christmas candy? Like what – what is it? Candy canes? Is it? Is there something like from the a holiday candy that kind of definitely strikes you as that is something I only eat during the holidays? Candy canes can be very annoying for someone like me because if you have a standard size candy cane, right? That's you know how they're tightly wrapped. Yeah, and you know how like it's hard to unwrap a candy mm-hmm. cane down mm-hmm. at the straight end, not at the curved end. Right. Okay, so you unwrap it, and then yeah. 
what happens if you're not going to eat the whole candy cane, which I won't. Right. If you suck on the candy cane, then you got the plastic, and then you got juice, and then it's yeah. sticky. I hate yeah. the sticky yeah. candy cane. You could make a weapon, though, out of that thing if you uh, if you keep sucking on it right. That is a shank. If I happen to find yeah. myself in the clink and it gets to, to the holiday season and I got to protect myself, I will make a sharp candy cane. There's no yeah. question. Yeah, it is possible, for but, sure. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just very sticky. So I don't know about uh, holiday candy, George. See, hmm. I, I, I've got one because I watched this commercial yesterday and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I need to go get me some of this because I forget it's really the only time I eat it. And I rarely buy it, but my, my dad used to love it when he was alive. Like, he used to always buy it during the holidays. And I saw the commercial yesterday, Ferrero Rocher. Do you know what that is? Is that the, um, like, it's it's wrapped in a, um, like, a foil? Yeah, and, and gold. It, yeah. Yeah, and then it's got kind of like a peanut butter cup papery thing underneath it. Yeah, and it right, it does, and it's uh, it's basically like hazelnut. It's like eating Nutella, Ooh. basically. Oh, yeah, those are yeah. good. Yes, yes. So those are those are candies I eat only during the holidays for whatever reason, and it just spawns back to my childhood. Yeah. Um, Bronny, Laura, uh, let's start with Laura. Laura, is there anything um, that you eat only during the holidays that would be considered candy? So I was telling Adam that mine would be like Lindor peppermint chocolate. Oh, yeah. That is That's definitely a, a holiday thing. Yeah. Now, again, you know how I feel about peppermint. So okay. not my thing, but it's definitely something I, I have seen plenty of during the holidays. Just Are those one. the little chocolatey dark chocolate with like a little bit of greenish creamy stuff in the middle? In and the middle. One line. Chocolate? Yeah, like a little line in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah those yeah. are good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not my cup of tea, it's but Bronny? Only I'm Christmas. sorry, Laura, go no, ahead. No, no, no. It's only for Christmas because, and I only one, and I think that's like, that's my. Okay, eight. that yeah. is the limit. That's mm -hmm. fine. Bronny? I mean, recently in my adult life, I'm not much of a sweets guy, but man, growing up, I was all in on those Andes mints. The, Ooh, those mints. those yeah. thin mints. Do remember? Just, man, man yeah. I could kill a bag of those. What are those? <laughs> Usually those are the mints they leave on, leave on the pillows at hotels. They're these yes. super thin chocolate mints, but they're Ooh. so delicious. Mm. Yeah, They are the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah, something weird about the holidays. Mm. My daughter asked me this morning, my 14-year-old, she said, Hey, Dad, can we get coffee creamer that's um, holiday flavored? What, what, are, what are you supposed to do with, like, creamer? That, uh, what is it, peppermint? Is that Yeah, what, is peppermint. That? That's the one. Really? That's holiday creamer? Yeah. Mm. Yep. I guess you go from like what do you do during Thanksgiving? Is it pumpkin pumpkin spice? Pumpkin spice, yeah. I, I can't get into the pumpkin. Me spice. neither. They have no. Oreo flavored creamers now. Ew. You can get the Girl Scout Thin Mint Cookie flavored coffee creamer as well. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, Samoa's creamer maybe. Mm -mm. Yeah, not my thing. I well, I'm not a coffee person. Number one, um, and I'm definitely not a. Uh, a no, George is a tequila person. <laughs> I am, we, which we'll get. We'll get to. I'm actually more of a Scotch person, whiskey person, but I I don't shun tequila. That's for sure. Um, which we'll get to a little later. Uh, there's a reason uh, to get to that, and Brawny brought that up, but we'll bring that up in a second. Uh, but first, Jared Goff and the Rams are playing on this very station tomorrow, Scott. And um, Jared Goff has been really impressive on Thursday nights. So the the Los Angeles Daily News today has a story from Kevin Modesti about how Jared Goff might be the best thing on Thursday nights since Seinfeld uh, was on TV. And it just kind of goes into detail about his tremendous success that he's had on Thursday nights. Most recently, as we all recall, uh, it was against the Tampa Bay Bucks just a few weeks ago, right? So, um, well, actually, no, that was a Monday night game, now that I think about it. But anyway, primetime games in general, right, he's there been you go. good. We'll call it primetime. Yeah. 
Um, but Thursday's game um, presents another situation where he's been good. His passer rating, it, the last time he played, I'm trying to see here, it was 2017. He had a 148 pass, 45 passer rating. Uh, in a rare win against San Francisco, because the team has not beaten San Francisco that many times, mm-hmm. 41 to 39, a 38 31 win in 2018 with 158 passer rating on Thursday night football. Um, and last year in the Rams lost to Seattle on Thursday night, they lost 30 to 29. Um, he threw for 395 yards in that game. So he has had a lot of success on Thursday night football. Like, do you buy into that? That just some guys, there's just certain days or games or or night games or whatever that they just get up for i don't know if i would call it um you know night games or or getting up for for a particular night i kind of look at it as getting into a groove where if you've played on sunday and then you have the short week and you've kind of got the game plan because it's abbreviated and you feel like you're in control because you haven't had to take a week or or you haven't had an extended period of time off. I'm not so sure I think it's a Thursday night thing as if it's more of a shortened week. It's kind of like the difference between running a no-huddle offense where you're trying to get really rhythmic versus you know deciding to go into a huddle and taking your time. I just think this, George, this is such a huge game on Thursday night. I know we'll talk about it with Keyshawn a little bit later on. DeMarco will jump in. It's a huge game because when when you're Jared Goff and you go play against Tom Brady, that's one of those games where you want to put a check mark. Like, I've played him, I've beat him, let's elevate. Now right. you get to this game, and New England, you know, I think we all think that New England might be pretty good because of what they did to the Chargers, but the Chargers are terrible. And the Patriots have been mediocre as the year has gone on. Mm-hmm. You're at home. You've got to win this game. And if you're McVeigh, you'd really, really like to put that check just the same way Goff did against Tom Brady. Right. If you're McVeigh, you'd like to put that check against Belichick. I didn't yeah. mean to do that. Oh, I don't think that's, I think that's absolutely the case. Kyle Shanahan and Bill Belichick are the two dragons he needs to slay. You know what I mean? And I think that. You know, this this dragon is a little old, this Belichick dragon. Uh, it doesn't have the powers it once had, necessarily. And I think that Sean is is definitely looking for he's a, He's a super-duper competitor. There's no doubt. So we'll talk to Keyshawn about that on the other side. He's going to join us. We've got what you need to know as well. Don't forget, Santa Key is coming to town. You can pick from the 710 stockings on our chimney and win some Laker goodies. That's going to happen between 630 and 7. But we'll talk to Keyshawn next in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, yeah. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Keyshawn's going to join us in three minutes here. Scott Kaplan in for LZ today. So, Scott, there's a story today that the Federal Trade Commission is sued Facebook, alleging the company is illegally maintaining It's personal social networking monopoly uh, through years of all sorts of anti-competitive conduct. So they're trying to force them to sell Instagram and WhatsApp. And honestly, like, I am a person who who wants anti-monopoly. I want as many options as possible for people um, to make money. And I think that, look, I think competition is good uh, in this business. 
I think competition is good in every business, and I don't think monopolies are a good thing. And also, I don't trust Facebook. Um, clearly, they've uh, breached our trust uh, yeah. numerous times. So I'm kind of like, all right, sorry, Zuckerberg. Uh, go sell those things. What do you, how do you feel about Facebook? So first thing is um, I think a lot of people feel like you do, George, that they don't trust Facebook. But let me ask you this. Do you have Facebook on your phone? I don't. I deleted Facebook in 2012. Oh, my. Yeah. Let me ask you another question. I have an Instagram, um, which is Facebook, and I have WhatsApp. Um, but, um, but yeah, I have deleted face, the actual Facebook app. So you have ago. WhatsApp and you have Instagram both on your phone. Right. WhatsApp is encrypted, though. It's encrypted messaging. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a message thing. And I have Instagram just because whatever. I got to have Instagram, I guess. Okay. So, so you think that, they, that Facebook cannot get to you through Instagram? Of but course they can. Well, okay, so so you've given up Facebook, but I don't actually use Instagram all that often. But anyway, but yes, I use I, I occasionally use Instagram. I yes. gotta be honest with you, I'm kind of a fan of your Instagram story. I mean, I hate to be such a well, creeper. Well, thank you, I appreciate. But I, like I don't, your I don't, story. I don't participate enough. I actually even, I'm not even on Twitter all that often anymore. Um, honestly, either I have kind of. If you watch the Social Network movie, or not Social Network, the Social Dilemma, yeah. uh, documentary on Netflix. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, not only did I see it, but I, I mean, I, I liked it because it was interesting. But I hated the narration. I mean, it really drove me crazy. It was a little crazy. But the, the story kind of spooked me. And since then, I have been less, uh, I have spent less time on social media. All right. So as far as the uh, monopoly, yeah, I think it's a, I, I do think it's a problem. I really do. I think that when you are in control of that much data, look, yeah. in the final analysis in, in where we are in 2020, there are really three companies that rule the world, okay? Yep. And maybe I throw in a fourth. But you've got Google, uh, mm -hmm. you've got Amazon, yep. and you've got Facebook. And yep. maybe, maybe you might throw Apple in there as well. Right. Yeah, but, for but, sure. But really, it, it's Google, and it's Facebook, and it's Amazon. Those yep. three companies own the world. And so, yes, I don't think that monopolizing data is a good thing for the average user out there. Yeah. You know, so... That's my thought. I think they should listen. If they broke it up, it wouldn't impact me at all. But yeah. I, I just think it's it's a lot to control. Yeah, I got you. I'm with you wholeheartedly. Uh, Bronny, let me know when Key is there. Um, and also, I have a question for you, Bronny. How long is this Nicolas Cage thing that we wanted to play? Because if not, we'll save it for the next. What you need to know. Okay, then let's just save it. Let's save it for the next for the the next what you need to know at five fifty five. But I have one more thing before we get to Keyshawn. Uh, were you a fan of True Blood, Scott, on HBO? So I'm not really the biggest fan of vampire related stuff. Right. But I did watch some of it. Um, it brings back some bad memories. It's pre-divorce. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, well, it's interesting because I am also not a huge fan of True Blood, um, but it is getting a reboot, apparently, at HBO, which is interesting. Um, I, I don't know if it'll be, like, some sort of continuation or maybe a different line of the story or whatnot, but it is – I have a rule, basically, when I watch a show. Mm. My rule is very simple, and you're listening to KSB in Los Angeles, so Keyshawn will join us in a second. But my rule is this. I give you a three-episode rule, okay? And if by three episodes you haven't grabbed me, I'm out. I ain't got no more time for you. Okay. What was and the last one that, that happened for you like that? Do you know? So there have been some shows that I've missed out on. True Blood is one of them. Um, honestly, Breaking Bad was one. I, oh. I Breaking oh. Bad was so slow to start that I was out. Wow. Uh, I have not finished it. My wife has seen it all, and I have not seen it. I will eventually go and see it. 
Um, but that, uh, yeah, that has hurt me a few times. I would say the one that hurt me the most uh, recently where I couldn't get past the first maybe two or three episodes and everybody yeah. told me I'm stupid for not doing it yeah. was uh, what's the Eugene Levy uh, and his family. Um, uh, I, I'm, I've got it on the tip of Shit's my tongue. Creek. Yes. Thank yeah. you. So, so um, I couldn't get past how annoying I thought Eugene Levy's son was. And I love Eugene Levy. Right. I just, I, the character just annoyed me and I couldn't watch it. And another yeah. one was Better Call Saul. You talk about Breaking Bad. Yeah. I love Breaking Bad, but Better Call Saul, I couldn't get past the first couple episodes. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I would ask Key, who's joining us here about, uh, and that's what you need to know, brought to you by Morongo Play at Safe Good Times. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson, you, perhaps you know him, uh, from his lore at USC being the son of Los Angeles, and now you can catch him each and every weekday morning on KJZ, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, 5 to 9 here on this station. Key, I would ask you about shows, but I know you well enough to know that all you do is watch ID Network when you're not watching sports. Yeah, I'm not – I don't know anything about a breaking or a bad. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the last show you saw on ID Network, Key, that got you, that got you hooked? You know, I – I watched it last night where, well, I watched it before the game where, uh, you know, some lady killed her husband, basically. Cut him up in a bunch of pieces and buried him in her own backyard and <laughs> lied for about 20 years, and then I went to bed. Yeah, 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 that'll do it. That's a great way to go to bed. I'm sure you slept like a baby. Yeah, but the game, uh, the game wasn't all that interesting. <laughs> you, you, know? <laughs> no, I, you, you know, I like to watch that stuff, George. If, if I have a little bit of an echo, sorry about that because I'm in the kitchen. Yeah, um, no, good. no, no problem. It's just it's you know it's it's stuff that I'm interested in because I you know I like real lie stuff. There's stuff that can really actually yeah. happen in real yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and, well, in that's how I am. Yeah. Well, Key, I, <laughs> I'm, Scott has never heard this story before. You, you and I and LZ back in the day, you told the story about if you heard, <laughs> if you heard some rumbling in your house in the middle of the night, what would you do as you would walk down the stairs? How, how would you, how would you, uh, what, what kind of noises would you make for the potential intruders? Well, you would, you would try to do something, right? You might scream, you might throw a shoe, you might go, boo, boo, who is that? Boo, 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 You know, you might just try to see if they hear you, you know, creeping yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. Um, it's pretty fascinating, though, I, yeah. I must say. Yeah. I still use those tactics here and there. Because <laughs> I got to know where you're at. If you're if you in my house, I got to make sure you're not standing next to my door right and i have to make you think that i'm coming from another part of the house right so you're, you're throwing your sound off in different directions <laughs> and, and throwing a shoe will I, do that at least i think that's what i'm doing yeah. <laughs> so you're not trying to sneak up on the prowler for coming in you're trying to scare them backwards is what you're yeah. saying exactly right Right, right. right. And, and look, the reality is, uh, you know, houses make weird noises, and sometimes you think it's something, and sometimes it's not. Uh, all right, houses Key, speak. Make weird, like the house that I I have now, it yeah. literally, I feel like somebody's walking in here like every every 10 minutes because it's a house that was built in 1831. Oh. And it just feels like somebody's always in here. Even though I know it's not, it just you always just hear stuff. Yeah, it's spirits. You don't, it you don't believe haunted. in that stuff? You could got, like, haunted. Haunted, haunted ghosts in there. Yeah, I don't think so. It could no. be, man. People from the 1800s, they creep around for a long time as yeah. ghosts in your house sometimes. It happens. 
so, Keith, the the Rams are playing on Thursday night. They're playing tomorrow against the Patriots. Um, I, you know, I was looking this up earlier. Jared Goff has been really good on Thursday nights. Like, his numbers are pretty damn impressive. Um, in the games he's played on Thursday night, he has completed 70% of his passes. He averages 384 yards a game. He's thrown nine touchdowns and only one pick. Um, do you believe there is something to be said about guys playing, whether it's night games or on a specific day, like night or day that's not Sunday, that kind of gets them up for those situations? A little bit. I don't buy into all of it because even though Jared Goff had great numbers, have you seen his numbers against Bill Belichick? That, yeah, not you know, good. Not good in that one game. Four, four, yes, two, 47, yeah. uh, 47% completion percentage, been sacked a number of times. So it's like I don't buy into that as much as I do the opponent. Who are you playing against? Where are you mm-hmm. playing? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so let's talk about this then, Key. This is a huge game the way I see it. Um, the Rams now have control of the division. You talk about controlling your own destiny. They've got that opportunity now because of the win against Arizona. On the other hand, I think that we're looking at New England differently, perceiving them differently going into this game because of the total devastation of what they did against the Chargers. So you tell us, are you buying the Patriots as a, you know, trying to stay alive, keep themselves in the playoff race, which is clearly what they're battling for, or are you buying the Rams at home coming off the kind of game that they just had against Arizona? I'm buying New England to keep themselves alive. And I'm buying New England because Sean McVay is 0-2 against Bill Belichick. I'm also liking the new New England Patriots and not the old New England Patriots that everybody was accustomed to in the way that everybody wants them to play right now. Everybody wants them to be Tom Brady show the ball everywhere in New England Patriots. And they're not that. They're going to pound you. They're going to run the ball aggressively. And that's what they're going to do. And you're either going to like it as a fan or not. And that's what I like about this particular team in New England. Do you think that they can continue winning with Camp Newton throwing for less than 100 yards like they have the last two weeks? Absolutely, because it's a philosophy that they believe in. And any time you believe in a certain philosophy, that's kind of, you know, what you do. And that's what they do, and they believe in that. And it's, and it's worked for them. Um, I think a lot of the times we sometimes, um, you know, look at things and say, well, it's not, like I said, it's not, this is not the old New England Patriot way. We don't like it. Well, it's not going to be the old New England Patriot way. It's going to be the way that the round, I mean, the way that, they play and they win now. And so that's what I like about what they're doing. They're not trying to satisfy the narrative and the taste buds. But this is a huge game for the Rams because if we all were to agree that we think that the, the better teams are in the AFC than the NFC, if that's the case, if there's more good teams in the AFC than the NFC, New England's coming in as a 6-6 six and six, six and six football team. They're in third place in their division. The Rams are at home. They gave up a home game inside their division two weeks ago. To me, Key, I want to hear your opinion on this. you got to win this game. You're at home. You're in control of your playoff destiny now. You've got to defend home turf. You've got to win this game if you're the Rams. There's no question the Rams got to win the game, and, and they know that. It, but it's not going to be easy. I know 
much like George just mentioned, Cam Newton's thrown for less than 100 yards in two straight games, but guess what they've done? They've won those games. And I think that you've got to respect that. In, in the rounds with this tight defense, the one thing, their pass secondary is ridiculous, but their run fits are okay. And what does New England do well? They run the football. So it's not about Bill Belichick versus Sean McVay. It's about Jared Goff versus Bill Belichick and his defensive staff. The confusions, the, the, the mixing of coverages, the confusions that they can cause for a guy like Jared Goff is crazy. See, Sean McVay gives the play to Jared Goff in his head. By the time he gets to the line of scrimmage and start calling the play, the headset's cut off. He can't tell him check out of this and check out of that. It's got to be Jared Goff that makes the decision to do those things. So that's why I say it's Jared Goff against this defense of the New England Patriots. Hey, be quiet. <laughs> Key, um, Derek Carr, uh, as we switch to the Raiders real quick, uh, Derek Carr was, I don't know if he was on social media or he was doing an interview on, on like some video chat thing. But he was basically lamenting the fact that Raider fans were complaining on social media uh, about the way they won against right. the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that, him going out of his way to say stuff like that? Does it matter? Um, should he care about that stuff? Is he right? Um, he shouldn't. You never, you never, you never get into a, a piss and match on social media with fans. I hate to say it. I respect fans. I like fans. But – I'm not listening to no fan, man. I'm not paying. You know, you know how the amount of fans that say negative stuff on social media about your uh, description of a team or what you think about a team? Negative. You can't get caught up in those sort of things. And even as a player, you can't worry about what the fans think. What do they know, right? They're not in the huddle. They're not on the field. All they're seeing is something and something that they see, they think they know, or listening to some damn announcer on television that don't know what he's talking about, but telling you he knows. Yeah, so, that's pretty much nailing it. <laughs> I mean, but but I think one thing, George, about the Raiders, and and I don't know why, maybe it's, I, maybe it's just a perception. I feel like from a fan base perspective, the players are somewhat accessible in some weird way and there always seems to be this direct line of communication between players and fans with that organization for some reason key ultimately it comes down to this they barely squeaked by the winless jets and greg williams got fired because of that last play call on defense um the question really comes down to this do you believe in the raiders or squeaking by the jets the way they did does that have you thinking that the raiders are not for real no, it didn't, and I and I certainly believe in the Raiders as a team that can make some noise if they get into the playoffs. There's no question about it. I think they'll give Kansas City fits, but at the same time, you got to be smart enough to realize that this thing is not a sprint; it's a marathon. And so, yes, they struggled against the Jets, but that's okay. That doesn't that doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. Teams, you're not going to blow teams out just because you think. They're not good. They play up to their competition, and you play down to yours. It's the the old thing that's been going on for years, in years in professional sports. I mean, it just we can go around the league and look at all these teams that are good and see who they played against and how they performed against weaker teams. Or we can go around the league and think about the teams that was hot as firecrackers, the Seattle Seahawks. Woo! Russell Wilson, five and zero. They're rolling. They're going to be. And then all of a sudden, 
they're going south. The New England Patriots, oh, they're, they're, they're terrible. They're going to get run out of the AFC East. Then all of a sudden, they're starting to play better. Oh, the Arizona Cardinals, man, this new offense and that Kyler Murray, whoop, he's cute. Oh, my God, look at him run around. <laughs> then all of a sudden, well, they lost four of the last five. So you can't – you just let it play out one game at a time, coaches – Model one game at a time, just keep stacking them. And that's it. Keep stacking them up. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've heard this so many times. When you get, you always, I, he would always pull me over. It was almost like, like he was a cop, uh, Scott. When I would be talking about these things, he'd be like, George, you gotta take these things four games at a time. You take the seasons in quarters, right, Key? You take them in quarters. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. you can't get too high right. and you can't get too low. Like I said, I respect the fans, but I'm not listening to them. Right. And I, and I would tell Derek Carr the same thing, and I'm sure John Gruden told him. Because yeah. a coach once told me, the moment that you listen to the fans, you'll soon be sitting with them. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, uh, Key, um, can I just jump in for one quick second and ask a question? Yesterday, I saw your Taco Tuesday dish. <laughs> your your discipline when it comes to your diet is very admirable. I do all the working out, but I do none of the dieting, and that's why I feel disgusting. Can we get what what happened last night on Taco Tuesday? Well, I just I made a a, uh, a grill fillet mignon. Mm-hmm. I made which George would appreciate because he's Cuban. Yes, it was black beans refried. Yes, it was not. It was not normal pinto beans it was black beans yeah uh and uh spanish rice uh a little bit of tomato cilantro um some bell pepper some of those sort of things mixed in there um and i fried tortilla shells real not ortega real corn shells uh deep fried them to a crisp so they're, they're flat and i had some some pico and and some guacamole and slapped it on my plate and that's it i could have cut it up and folded it up and made it a taco, but I choose to eat it that way. If you've ever gone to a Mexican restaurant, they do sell, they do sell filet mignons and carne asada whole steaks on the menu. Mm. So I think a lot of people get Taco Tuesday confused, which you have to eat tacos, and you, that's not true. No, you, you go with at all. Mexican cuisine. And, to, mm. and tonight I'm having a double turkey burger with Ooh. turkey bacon, yeah. lettuce, tomatoes, grilled onion. Uh, male mustard uh, and white cheddar cheese. There you go. It's Vermont cheddar or just a regular cheddar? Um, it's just a regular white cheddar that I bought at Whole Foods. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, also, I loved your suit today on NFL Live. I, that that color makes your uh, makes your smile pop even more. So I, uh, you should wear it more often. <laughs> So. I actually heard you talking this morning on the air about saying how, hey, I just I just go wherever they ask me to go. You you want me to do radio? I'll do radio. You want me no, to go oh, do TV? No, th- th- he is absolutely 100% right when he says that. Like, he's a, I just go where they tell me to go. I do what I do, and that's it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just the guy who works. Like, they asked me today on radio, what uh, sitcoms did I like? You know, what, what sitcoms do I like or whatever? I said, BET. <laughs> I'm watching that. Outside of that, I won't be watching Seinfeld and Cheers and none of that other stuff. Yes. Yes. Not your cup of tea. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin each and every weekday morning here uh, from 5 to 9 a.m. Uh, good to catch up with you, Key. We'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks, Key. All right, bud. Bye-bye.
There he is. Uh, don't forget, Santa Key is coming to town, too. That's between 6.30 and 7. We have Laker goodies to give away. Uh, so make sure you tune in. And when you hear Santa Key coming down the chimney, your caller 7 at 877-710-ESPN. All right, we went really long there. But coming up next, could there be a reunion of sorts for the Lakers? We'll tell you with who in four minutes. 